And so Parents Magazine has published their list of the 15 best TV moms. And so imagine your favorite TV show and the mom characters that are in these shows and the ones that are good, that we, we love, and uh, those that are bad, and the ones we love to hate in these characters. Uh, on the good list, uh, there are ones like uh, Carol Brady from The Brady Bunch or uh, Claire Huxtable from The Cosby Show or Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights, Lorelai Gilmer from Gilmer Girls. And then there's the bad list. We won't get into the list of those moms, but they're these characters that we just love to hate. They're, they're just horrible, horrible mothers, uh, but there's something in their character that is, it draws us uh, to them as, as, as a character in a show. If you are wondering which list they should go on, you ask yourself, which one would I want to be comforted by? And it should be very easy to identify which list these TV moms make it onto. I think if we were to take a poll of, of those of us in the room and ask, ask the question to describe God and what God looks like, uh, many of us would describe God as a father. Uh, we would say he is a father. Many of us may describe him as an old man with a beard. We have these pictures of who God is, and, and of course the language of Scripture helps reinforce a lot of that. Most of the references uh, to God in Scripture are masculine references. Of course, we, we uh, look at how Jesus teaches us to pray, and Jesus says to pray, our Father that is in heaven. And so we have this image of God as Father, but there are places throughout Scripture that actually give us a little bit more of a feminine picture of God, maybe more of a maternal picture of who God is. Isaiah 66, verse 13, gives us this striking image of God and who He is. It gives us this, this maternal imagery. And so the Israelites are returning from Babylonian exile, and they're coming to the ruins of Jerusalem. This is not a happy day. Yes, they are free, but now they are coming back to these ruins. And God makes this promise. He says, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. This image of a mother comforting her child. And God says, I'm going to do that for you as well. I will comfort you in this time of loss. I will comfort you in this time of destruction. I will comfort you in this time of uncertainty. And so we can't go as far as saying that there is a heavenly father and a heavenly mother, but there are passages like Isaiah 66 that show us that God has both these paternal and maternal characteristics. One of the names for God in the Old Testament is El Shaddai. Most of our English translations translate El Shaddai as God Almighty. But it's actually... A difficult word to translate. Lots of debate actually over what these words mean. It first appears in Genesis chapter 17 where, where the angels are coming to Abram and says you're going to have a child. 
In Genesis 17, 1, it says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. I am El Shaddai. Walk before me faithfully and blamelessly. So I am God Almighty. I am El Shaddai. And, and it is not necessarily a great translation that says God Almighty. El is short for Elohim, which means God so that part is correct, but Shaddai is a bit of a mystery of what this word actually means. There's a possibility that it might actually come from a word that talks more about a woman's bosom, a woman's breast, where a child is comforted, a child rests, a child nurses. And so there is this image, this possible translation that is more maternal, that, that it is God who cares for his children and holds his children close like a mother. Another example comes from Deuteronomy where, where Moses is, is chastising the disobedience of the Israelites, a kind of routine thing that he does. And he says, you deserted the rock who fathered you. You forgot the God who gave you birth. The God who gave you birth. The mother who gives birth. There's a few others. In Isaiah 49, it says, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. And then Psalm 22 says, Yet it was you who took me from the womb. You kept me safe on my mother's breast. And then Deuteronomy 32 says, As an eagle stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, as it spreads its wings, takes them up and bears them aloft, the Lord alone guided him. And then Matthew 23 gives us this picture of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as hens, gather her brood under her wings. And so there are these maternal images, Im images of, of God taking his children, taking and protecting and comforting. And beyond these maternal pictures of God, we also have an image of God who comforts throughout the Bible, a common theme. Isaiah 40 through 55 and, and Jeremiah 30 through 31 are often described as books of comfort. That in the midst of these prophecies and in the midst of, of calling them out, there is this message of comfort, that God provides comfort. And then, of course, we have Psalms. We, we looked at Psalm 23 a few weeks ago, where it says, My rod, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God provides this comfort. And then in the New Testament, Paul speaks of God as the Father of mercies and the God of all consolation who consoles us in all our affliction. God consoles us. He comforts us. He looks after us as the hen takes in the chicks underneath her to protect them. Revelation speaks of a final 
comfort for the people of God. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. But if the imagery here in Isaiah 66 communicates something especially well, it communicates that God comforts like a good mother comforts her child. Now we know that, that fathers can provide comforts, but we also know that they are second to mom. That when a child scrapes their knee, yes, they will run to dad if dad is the only one there. But as soon as mom comes in, there is so much more comfort that will come from her. We see this in our children, where dad is the hero until mom walks in. <laughs> and then my ranking is made very clear. Because a child wants to be comforted by their mother. But of course, Isaiah 66 isn't talking about children needing comfort. God is speaking to adults. These adults that need comfort, that, that these childhood pains can be fleeting, but, but the hurts of adulthood, those sting at a deeper level. Hurts of adulthood, the pain of loss, the worry, the illness, these are another matter. And for those, yes, the comfort of a mom would be great, but, but there is a deeper comfort that is needed that goes beyond what any mother can provide. And so we look to God as our comforter, God who provides that care for us. And so how does God comfort us? What does God do to, to provide that for us? The first thing God does is, is he uses others around us. He comforts us through the presence of others. He's formed this church, this family, this group that loves one another, that cares for one another, that encourages one another. And it is in this care and encouragement that happens among the body of Christ that, that Christians point one another to God for comfort. That we remind one another of the truth of who God is. We remind one another of the promises that he gives us. And so we all have a responsibility to, to be used by God to be that comforting presence to one another that we encourage one another, we, we hold one another up, we, we lend support, we stand alongside one another. Even when those situations can't be changed, even when we find ourselves in, in, a, in a situation that, that cannot become any better, we stand with one another as family. We stand with one another and encourage each other. And this is a responsibility that we all bear, that God calls us to, to love one another. But of course, then God also comforts us through the presence of his Spirit. That God comforts us directly. In John 14, Jesus promises that God will give us a helper, will give us a comforter, will give us an advocate. One that will comfort us. And so when we find ourselves in uncertain circumstances, we find that the Spirit works in us to speak truth, works in us to bring peace that surpasses all other understanding. This almost describes it, when, when my anxieties multiply, your comforting calms me down. God's comfort calms us down, and that's through the presence of the Spirit. 
And so how we receive this comfort comes in a lot of different ways. It can be times where, where we are in prayer and we are engaging with God in that time of prayer and we, we receive that comfort. It can be time, times when we are in the Word and, and the Word jumps out and speaks to us in a unique way. It can be God working out circumstances where the coincidences of our life all intersect at that moment and, and help us to realize that God sees us that he remembers us, that in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our uncertainty, in the midst of our grief and disappointment, God sees us and cares for us. Many of us can, can remember our mother's comfort. We remember what it was like. And, and, and this day, we, we celebrate mothers and some of us still have mothers that we can call on. We still have mothers that we can send flowers to, that we can send cards to. And we're grateful for those mothers, and, and we celebrate those mothers today. But many of us find ourselves in a variety of different circumstances where our mothers are not there to call. And this is, this is a holiday that can bring a lot of mixed emotions and so I want to read this, this open letter that was written by Amy Young that talks about mothers. I want this to be our, our blessing this morning as we think about what it means to be a mom on this Mother's Day. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage or failed adoptions or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path, of infertility, fraught with pokes and prods and tears and disappointments. We walk with you. And forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make it harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointments and heartache and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their moms this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of their own mother, we acknowledge your experience and pain. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that, the life, that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envisioned lavishing love on grandchildren, 
Yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests in the coming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. (laughs) To those who placed children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your hearts. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. And so this Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. And we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you. So whatever your experience, whatever place you find yourself in, we can all understand the concept of a mother's comfort. And we can turn to God to receive that comfort in a variety of circumstances. He relates to us in a perfect and consistent way, in an unchanging way. And we can depend on him in that. God, the God of comfort, who loves us and cares for us. And so on this Mother's Day, we are thankful for our earthly mothers, and we're grateful to God that he comforts us today, even if we find ourselves feeling a sense of loss, feeling a sense of disappointment, feeling a sense of uncertainty. God's word does not leave any room for us. Uh, God's word does not leave too much room for misunderstanding. He says, I will comfort you. Our response is to allow God to encircle us with arms of love and mercy, that we open ourselves to God's love, that we feel the comforting presence of God Almighty. And so we submit to, to the gentle touch and the gentle embrace of God as we are led through the rough patches of life. And we relax, we step back, we stop resisting God's firm and persistent efforts to draw us into the comfort of that divine presence.